Howdy and welcome to the Where to Hunt podcast, the podcast that connects public land hunting enthusiasts. Today's March 19th, 2019. I'm your host, Eric Clark. And if you're back for more, thanks. Thanks for coming back for more. I appreciate it. If you heard last week's episode and you didn't give us a review on iTunes, what the what the heck? Um, those things are great. I appreciate those a whole bunch. So I'll do my shameless plug. If you can give us a rating on, on iTunes and some feedback on iTunes, that'd be super cool. If you're not on an iPhone, I guess, um, maybe you got to actually go to iTunes. Um, if you're on Android, I guess I don't know where you would go to leave a review. I don't really know much about this technology that I use. Um, so anyway, thanks for tuning back in that in and of itself means a whole bunch to me. So thanks everybody. On today's show, I bring in guest Connor Wakefield with Whitetail Drifter, and we shoot the breeze about shed hunting. He's been covering a ton of ground, literally, uh, you know, looking for sheds and um, hiking a lot of properties on public public land in different states. He's coming to Wisconsin this weekend to uh, shed hunt for some sheds here in the state. And we have, uh, you know, only one caller this week, but, you know, qu- quality over quantity, Greg Tubbs. A recurring caller called in and uh greg's awesome so they talk a little bit about some trail cams from exodus and why those are better than some others in you know some cases and uh you know what do you do with sheds when you find them do you do you use them for decor do you give them to your dogs for a bone certainly that's a lot cheaper than buying a, a, an antler from a pet store those things are like 60 bucks sometimes so in any event hopefully you get some value out of today's show there's some great tips and uh, topics that are discussed about shed hunting today with myself and Connor and Greg Tubbs out of Wisconsin. So hopefully everybody enjoys the show. If you're back, I think that means you do. But anyway, uh, I'll go ahead and bring on our guest. Connor, how's it going, man? Man, thanks for having me. Um, I'm doing very well. How are you? Dude, I'm, I'm doing great. We were just talking about just busting ass and chasing dreams and shit before we hit the record button here, the, the go live button, I should say. And uh, do you think they're good, man? I'm really happy that you're taking time to be on the show. Sounds like you're out and about. Um, you've been shed hunting like a maniac, so I'm really excited to get into that. But just go ahead and tell the audience who you are, how you got into hunting, if you hunt public land, private land, all the good, all that good stuff. Yeah, so my name is Connor Wakefield. I'm from eastern Iowa. Um, Kurt Geyer dubbed me the whitetail drifter on my episode with them, number 261. Um, I was born and raised in Iowa, but never started hunting until 2016, and that's when I dove into bow hunting, basically head on, and ever since been bit by the bug, I just, I'm a late bloomer, and basically all my knowledge I taught myself through listening to podcasts like yours and others, and yeah, I'm pretty ate up. I'm currently at a random Casey's in somewhere in Iowa, and been trying to roost birds, and you know, just locate deer and see where they are this time of year. How many miles you put on the last couple of days? Oh, so Saturday and Sunday I did 35 and a half, but I did add it up. Since February 10th, I've done 120 over the weekend. Holy shit. How are you keeping track of it? How You, you said you added up. How are you doing that? Are you using like uh, Onyx or something or a GPS app? or? 
some so a lot of times I'm out for so long my phone dies on me. Um, but mostly I use the health meter. I find that to be most accurate at like just the health app that comes in your iPhone if you have one. And, uh, but I do track myself this year on Onyx and I think it's really better benefited me on when it comes to picking up antlers. You got like a, a battery pack that you bring with to make sure you're not, you know, going out there with a, a dead phone after like 10 minutes then too. Yeah. Most time I do, man. But like, I'm pretty all over the place with what I got going on all by myself. So sometimes shit, shit's getting shuffled around and it doesn't end up where it needs to be. And I don't have it, but yeah, I do have one and run one and they are helpful. Good to go. And so let me, um, you said you got into bow hunting in 2016. So one of the reasons I thought it'd be awesome to have you on as a guest is that um, you're a little bit different than other hunters that maybe grew up with it, that grew up around guns or had their dad or their grandpa or their uncle take them. You um, didn't grow up that, that way. And in 2016, something changed. So I just, let's talk about that for a second before we get into the topic or the subject of shed hunting. Yeah, so I don't know. I was one of those kids that was naive and hated living in Iowa because it seemed like there was nothing to do. And I think part of that comes from, unfortunately, you know, we were family-oriented when I was younger. Now we're not so much. And like, But my uncles and cousins would come late on the holidays all the time because they were out hunting and whatnot. And it just pissed my mom off. So... We never had guns or anything like that. I never got, and I didn't know about archery really when I was that young. So I never started. And then an experience in college led me to be a little more intrigued by it. And then back in 2015, I went on a shed hunt with my cousin and picked up my first antler on some Iowa public ground. It was just a little fork buck side. But ever since then, the wheels, you know, turned and turned a little more each time I went out. Now it's all I do. So the thing that got you into hunting was shed hunting. That's actually pretty for freaking cool considering part, that's. Yeah, for the most yeah. part. And then I had a really cool experience in 2016, you know, bow hunting by myself. So, yeah, I was ate up after that. That's all I could think about. What happened, in, what happened on that experience? So... I did some scouting, in-season scouting. You know, I was kind of late to get in the bow. I just had a hand-me-down bow I bought for my cousin and uh, went out on some public land scout, and I ran across the ladder stand that had a name and a phone number on it and, you know, jotted it down in my phone. Later that day, I ran into a guy that said, try the south side. So I switched sides and walked in on a kid hunting and left and come back the next day a couple days later i think and you know wasn't really feeling the spot i started in so i texted that guy and i was like will you be in your stand today and he said no you know kill a big one and i i climbed in that thing man at like nine in the morning and fell asleep for about 15 minutes i think and i woke up and rolled my primo's bleak can it was about 30 minutes later two shooters came rolling through and i missed the first one at like 15 yards two inches over his back just rushed myself and purposely shot at the first one because i thought if the second one turned around and came back by i could get a shot at it and he turned around and ran the opposite way of the first one but it wasn't but for five yards and turned right back around and ran right back by me and 
yeah, ever since then it was all I could think about. I actually held out for antlers that year instead of shooting a couple of those. I think I could have. That's a great story, dude. For someone that's never been into it, you must have picked you know up what? a lot. You said you were listening to podcasts and stuff. You must have really been paying close attention to that shit. Yeah, you know, I actually ran into that guy after being gone from Iowa. I haven't hunted Iowa since that year. And ran into him not even a week ago at the Casey's gas station in my hometown and shook his hand and told him, <laughs> thank you, you know. I said, I haven't ever been able to catch up to you, but I still bow hunt. And, you know, so he was going to a hog hunt in Missouri, and I thanked him because that day changed my life, man. That's incredible, dude. That's like the one of the most captivating, powerful stories to bow hunting. I mean, like uh, that just doesn't happen to people. Like you, you made a, a a deliberate decision to to try something out after being sparked by finding a shed, got a bow off your cousin, went out. Ha- dude, most people would have went out into that public land or that public property, bumped someone, and they would have said "fuck this" and they would have been done with it. And that's not what happened, what? dude. That's I say my first year was basically me just stumbling around the woods with a bow in my hand. I don't even really feel like I hunted, and I still got that. Dude, I do that every year. I still do that. (laughs) You said every year. (laughs) You know, it isn't a bad way. You know, you have to be willing to dive into areas is what I've learned, at least. Yeah. Yep. I tell people on the show, I've had different guests on, right? And I've always said, you know, my dad, we call it the what's over the next hill syndrome because we're not even trying that hard. We're just so damn curious. Like it's kind of like taking a canoe down a river. Well, let's just go down this one more bend. Let's just go down this one more bend. That's oh, where yeah. the fish will be. That's what the same thing. Yep. yep. For That's sure, crazy. man. You got a new pair of boots on Instagram. If y'all follow Connor, our whitetail drifter, you're going to notice his picture of his foot is just a giant blister from the looks of it or just soggy and all, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's like and, just and a callus or something. I don't even know. Yeah, new pair of boots. So, you know, I've seen you kind of go into some of the hunting groups um, that are on Facebook and kind of helping people out, which I, I value that a whole bunch, um, trying to give some good advice as to how you have some success finding sheds, and you've had some. Um, you know, what are you doing to try to, other than covering a shit ton of ground, what else you got going on with that? Man, so probably the number one thing about it to me is positivity. If you if you get dejected and you're that person that ends up at the car before everyone else, I mean, I think it really reflects the pile you have at the end of the day. I think what separates yourself is the guys that are out all day. And on number two, when I go out, I go to as a piece where I know I can walk all day and not have to get back in my car and spend time on the road going to another area. So with that being said, I do that because there's a big argument on do you shed hunt or do you postseason scout this time of year? And I've got a kid that pretty much influences me at the style I hunt and becoming a smarter hunter because I usually just work my butt off, but I need to be a little smarter this year. And I like to walk the entire area so that alleviates the pressure of, ooh, am I postseason scouting or am I shed hunting? Or else I feel like I'm skipping over areas, and then if I don't come out with nothing, I definitely feel like it was right where I didn't go. So I'm usually covering almost every inch of every piece by walking a grid, grid pattern. Do you go through, like, super thick shit, too? Or are you kind of skirting around some of those things? There's a property no, that comes to mind to... for me that I'm thinking about. I'm like, fuck, that would take forever. 
I'm trying to cover but, ground, so I usually walk that top third of the ridge, and, you know, I don't rule out north slopes, especially later into this shed season, um, especially northeastern slopes. It will get some sun, but that's going to be your spots where the snow's melted last and probably where sheds are remaining on public land. Um, explain that for me and for the audience. So why would they so, be uh, there? Your, your slopes that slope to the south get the most sunlight and are technically like 3% warmer than a northeast or a northern slope. But a northeast slope will get a slight amount of sun, just like a southeast slope would, just when it gets high enough. So deer will, like, jump over and feed in that area. And because it had snow, you know, it makes it harder for you to see those sheds, but you can see where the deer are. And that's okay. likely where some antlers will be. Makes sense. Makes I mean, sense. yeah, that does. And that there's some obvious things that are definitely easier said than tracked. Um, you know, go where their trails are, find their beds, you know, get it. You know, that's all good and dandy, but like, you, you know, I've, We've all talked about bed hunting and, and things of that nature, but finding and identifying those buck bedding areas can be tricky in and of itself. You know, you got to really know what you're looking for. Um, yeah, I think you, you make it too, kind of the buck. too technical when you go that far. I'm out there to cover ground, and this way I'm unbiased on where a buck may or may not be, and the sign's going to show me, you know, if he is using this area or not. And usually if I start seeing sign, I'm – I'm going to start looking even harder for antlers. Something yep. up there, probably number three would be the 10 yard rule. And that's your best vision when you're walking through the woods is at 10 yards all around you. So a lot of people want to look out in front, look out in front, look out in front, but you're going to notice detail right up around you around the 10 yard range the most and if i catch myself looking left too much because if the area looks good and i'm walking along i'll purposely stop myself and look back to my right where i walked by and didn't look at all before i continue that's smart yeah because otherwise you're like you said you're doing a little bit of both where you're doing a little bit of you know early season scouting for later that season and if you're looking at something that looks promising suddenly now you've just checked out of shed hunting right now you're looking for something else, and you may have literally just walked right over something and not known it, which is something I've probably done because I've never found a shed. Granted, my time yeah. out shed hunting is, is limited, but um, I'm pretty uh, scatterbrained, fast-paced, fast-thinking kind of guy. I'm a fast walker. I actually, It's hard for me to slow down any part of my being, my speech pattern, and my walking <laughs> pace. So, you know, I could hear myself trying to tell myself the same thing, like, Dude, slow the F down one step at a time. Um, it's good advice. Yeah, I learned a lot through podcasting. Like I said, I basically taught myself that way, how to hunt and whatnot. And I'm, I'm no genius, man. I'm no expert. This is stuff other people do. I've just taken in and learned myself and applied, and it's working for me. Like, well, I, cool I thing don't is dive that into those thick areas because I'm trying to spend more time covering ground. If I'm in a thick area, I can't move that fast. Yeah. So I am moving slightly faster this year than I did last year, but I have picked up more antlers this year. So. It's well, I've heard, so I say the, I say the thick areas because, you know, I figure if I'm a deer with some antlers walking through there, 
the likelihood of my my antler nicking a fucking branch or something like that is pretty likely. Um, you know, and if you know where the deer yeah. spend the time around some of those highways, I think like my mind's gone to that. And then I get myself stuck in these thick, thick, thick areas where I'm literally on my hands and knees trying to go through. And then like, you're like, you're right. I'm not covering any ground at that point. I really am yep, not. If, I'm, I'm moving inches that at a time. Area is, if that area is not near food, I'm not crawling through it for a shed. I'll tell you that right now. But if it's near food and I've seen deer coming in and out of it, okay, I'll probably crawl through it. Sure. Interesting. And it's safe to say that at least now, right, like it's March 19th um, as we're recording this, I have to think that there's very, 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 very few bucks still carrying around antlers. You know, I'd I think that too, but I've got some theories about that as well. I think we're down to about 10%. I personally jumped one the other day, still holding both sides. I talked to a buddy that just passed one the other night. Austin Summers holding both sides. He actually just picked up a shed along the road in the middle of the night last night. I can't even believe it. Um, and then I talked to this kid out of the central Illinois, said he saw two bucks holding, and my cousin was out today near my hometown, and he said he saw one holding. So I, I think I think what's happened is there's a huge attraction to antler hunting now, and we've just sure. broken up the groups of deer so much from putting pressure on these areas that the drop is scattered and the bucks holding just aren't in like groups groups like they used to be i hear stories about 10 years ago i was talking to a buddy earlier and he said in 03 he picked up 60 some by himself and i was like jesus like that is nuts you know what i mean and like there are people pulling a large amount of antlers but i think there's like so much attraction and craze to it now that these I was driving, like, he found my road shed in the night. I was thinking every time, I probably have 25% of my eye on the road this time of year and 75% in the ditch because I want to find a road shed that bad. <laughs> I hear stories of that, too. I'm like, come on, you found on the road. Like, I go looking for my can and find them. You just happen to cross yeah. it? Come on. I drove past like, Cornfield, and I just saw really, these things out there. I'm like, give me a break. How many do we really the lose in the ditch and don't get picked up? Oh, like, I'm sure. going to maybe for just hunt ditches next year for sheds or possibly hire a driver until I find a road shed. So instead of whitetail drifter, you'd just be a whitetail ditcher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hiking ditches, picking up trash, and looking for antlers. The, the dad joke coming out. <laughs> you keep it up for that, bud. <laughs> yeah, just like I'm I'm the, you know, Wisconsin's okay as hunter. I'm definitely, I'm probably the worst shed hunter i'm not even okay at it i'm man as long as you're a great dad that's all that matters dude yeah yeah that part i love the the no sleep is it's such a such a funny feeling to be you know hanging out my daughter at two in the morning because she won't sleep and like just hating life because i'm so tired but in the same breath i'm also i wouldn't trade those moments for the world man it's crazy funny part about my dad but you know i I'm really looking forward to getting some time out. And this weekend is supposed to be super, super nice. So, um, you know, that's the other thing, though, too. Like, you talk about more people are, are attracted to it and it's becoming, quote, unquote, more popular. So it's interesting to think that, like, how many sheds have already been picked up that maybe I would have found, but I wasn't out there, you know? And so mm-hmm. maybe I'm looking in the right spots, but I've got nothing to affirm that because someone else already crossed that trail and was out there doing it. That's a I tough one to, a to get a huge part of it, too, for sure. As soon as my Illinois season 
like closed, I started scouting Iowa pieces because I haven't been here for two years. So, you know, I was in pieces first, but for a long time, there was a lot of snow around this area. Like February 10th was probably the day I started putting on a lot of miles. And a lot but, of people don't yeah, over a month ago. that early. So. We had a lot of snow here in Wisconsin, like just F tons of it. And then we had that, you know, what everyone's calling the polar vortex and blah, 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 blah. So the timing really wasn't great. Um, and then all of a sudden it just like the flip of a switch turned nice. And I think, you know, I didn't, I don't think I capitalized on it as good as I probably could have. In fact, I was at ice fishing last Sunday instead of shed hunting, but I had a buddy that had never really been ice fishing. So that was a fun opportunity for him. Couldn't pass that up. Yeah. I wish I would have got out on some ice this year, but I'm just trying to cover too much ground. Yeah. It's, there's, you know, only so much time in every day, unfortunately. Yeah, will be here soon. So, and you said you're making your way to Wisconsin pretty soon. Yeah, I'm gonna head up there Friday night actually. So, part of it for me is, I actually, when I started hunting, I became like part-time weatherman. Like during the season, I was all about it, watching weather, watching weather, watching weather. And now that I like live it and do it, 365, I watch weather constantly. So in my area. The other night, I went to bed looking at flurries starting, opened my Weather Underground app, and it was going to snow in that area for probably two hours. So I went to bed, set my alarm for 5 o'clock, and got up and drove two hours to get myself to an area where there was no snow and was able to pick up three antlers. Now, they were, there wasn't any size to them. I was really looking hard and I think as you get into these later parts of the shed season, because pressure and people have been out for so long, the guy that's picking up antlers is being the most thorough in areas. He's covering like every inch looking for everything that's white or off white. Well, you know, I wouldn't be hard on yourself, but only finding small ones in in all technical aspects, the smaller ones are harder to find. So I guess that's probably more rewarding. It basically just identified that area as an LBA, which I refer to as a little buck area. There's a ton of human sign trash everywhere, and then I only picked up little antlers. So that means pressure's probably in that area. What's the biggest shit you've found so far just since you've been doing it? I haven't had them scored, but I found a really good five-point side last year in Illinois that I wish I would have measured. It was probably a six-inch brow time and a 10-inch G2, but this year I picked up a really good side during the middle of the week that I think would be 50 inches-ish. I don't know. I haven't found that once-in-a-lifetime shed yet, but I just started. But it had a drop time and a little kicker to it, so I'm definitely not complaining. I was actually texting my buddy Dan Smeltite, stopped right next to some corn and was texting him and looked up in the grass next to it, and there it was right in front of me like 10 yards. I couldn't believe it. That's so exciting, man. It's like what a rewarding feeling to find that stuff after you're out there looking. I don't know that I would believe it if I found one ever. I'd be like, oh, my oh my God, I've won the lottery. I'd probably go to the casino yep. that night. Every time I'm out, I when I start to get discouraged, I start to tell myself, you know, think about all the antlers that people find from the seasons before. And it's like they're oh, out yeah. there. People aren't yep. picking then, up every antler, so. No, there's no chance. 
and it's interesting. I'm sure people that hunt in private land, they have a good idea, you know, where to look, where to go. They mo- they know the land intimately. Public land is different. You're competing with other people. Um, it's just really nice to get out. I, I, I let my dog come with me. He's worthless in the woods. I mean, he's not helping me find sheds, but it's fun as hell to watch him run around. Right. Um, it's good for him. It's just a great a great way to break up the cabin fever that, you know, has been all of winter and, and get the heck outside. It's you know, even if I don't find anything, it's just an excuse to be out there with a purpose. Yeah, you know, we're we're basically just doing this to bridge the gap between hunting season and turkey season and then velvet season, basically. So. Yeah, and turkey season here in Wisconsin, you know, I think they've already, you know, the, like the, the tags been drawn or whatever, but period A for spring 19 um, is April 17th, so it's about a month away, and then the youth season is April 13th and 14th here, so there'll be some gobbling going on in the woods pretty soon here before we know it. Yeah, um, be. leftover tags just became available up there on the 15th, I believe, so I might try and snag one up this Friday when I get the paycheck. Oh, yeah, man. So you're going to do some shed hunting when you're in Wisconsin this weekend, I imagine, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, so part of that when I was talking weather is, you know, the sheds that remain are on public land are going to be in those areas where snow is melting off. And like you said, you've had snow for a while now. So, yeah, people have probably been shed hunting, but they probably haven't picked up as many antlers as, like, say, my area where we've been shed hunting since the middle of February, basically. So yeah, that's a good point. Exposed. So are you, are you that, meeting up with anybody in Wisconsin or any uh, geographic region you're coming to in the state? Are you going up north? South, southwest, southeast. I'll just say south, but yeah, I, I don't really meet up with a lot of people. I've got a local buddy up there I might meet up with, but he always likes to tell me the river's high and there's a lot of snow left. I think he's just trying to keep me out of his areas, which I don't even want in his areas. But I might meet up with him, and I got a buddy that works at Whale Tails Archery over in Madison, Dustin Johnson. He might be out that way and might meet up with him but other than that like i'm basically in the woods from sun up to sundown so i i a lot of people don't like to live that way a lot of people like to go out and get lunch and have a beer and whatnot and trust me i do too but when when i'm trying to hunt three to four states for whitetails i i need to cover as much ground as i can over a weekend and then i'll use turkey season to you know confirm some of that sign in that area and so on and so forth, and then be back for a velvet season and then probably hunt the opener. That's cool. Dude, I mean, and, you know, all intents and purposes, you could probably bring a brew into the woods with if you wanted to. You don't got to go out to a bar. But I, I hear you on the be in the woods all day thing. You know, that was when I was a little bit younger, I, I would sit as long as humanly possible. And I'm kind of this weirdo that I didn't realize that, that, that that's what I was doing, you know. Short yeah. of a few times up in the Nicolay National Forest here in Wisconsin, it was literally negative 15 degrees. Um, you know, eventually I had to like climb down the tree because I lost all my dexterity, and if I would have waited any longer, I actually may have been stuck up there, you know. <laughs> Just froze. <laughs> that's like, yeah, no shit. Like, seriously, it was like, oh, my God, I could barely get down as it, as it was, and I, was, I oversat my, my stay at that time. Um, but that's that's different. You know, this is, you're moving around, you're staying warm. So it's not like you're just sitting still in a tree stand in frigid temperatures. Right. The weather is nice. You can totally handle it. As long as you bring some, some snacks with you, some jerky, a couple of right. protein bars, whatever the hell you're, you know, everyone's got their thing, right? Whatever. 
that's fun. That's an interesting sure. topic to go through. Like, what do you bring with you to go all day? You know, you got to have some water, right? But then what? Do you have a backpack? Do you have a little, like, fanny pack? I have a fanny pack. I should probably get a backpack so these days. Every time I go out, I start crunching ounces. And I think that's just because, like, I have big Western expansion dreams. So, like, I'm constantly thinking about shedding weight. But I do have a Badlands Dash Pack that I love. Um, they've got a great warranty. So, you know, the, you can send it in. They'll patch all the holes and whatnot. You just got to ship it over to them. Um, and then I do do water. If it's really cold, I'll bring some coffee. But I tend to not like to bring much of anything, maybe like a battery pack and a charger. But I'll just save my map on Onyx offline. And, yeah, maybe a couple granola bars just so if I do that, get that urge to come out, I, I don't. I'll just eat one and keep yep. going. So, yeah, I, man, I try not to a lot. If it's raining, I just learned a tip last week, like, because I don't like hiking. Sometimes I get in so deep, I don't like hiking all the way to the car to, like, put on fresh layers and stuff. So, like, it's a good idea to wrap them in a trash bag and stuff them in your backpack. And then, you know, if your outer layer starts to get damp, you can pull it off and put a fresh one on to keep you out there longer. Like, I think Heck that's yeah. some of the stuff that separates the people picking up bones and not picking up bones. Are you crossing Are you crossing any uh, bodies of water to get to where you want to go? How do you deal with that? Mm, I, I am going to bring the kayak to Wisconsin this weekend. Um, that's awesome. It just, that's it just seems to be – there's a lot of trout streams up that way and stuff like that. So. Yep. Some of those pieces are hard to get into if you don't use that water access. So, Never to pick up a shed, though, no. Trust me, I might start because the areas I hunt are mostly underwater, and as soon as it drops a foot, I'm probably going in with a kayak. Yeah, well, it's interesting because if I would have been out a couple weeks ago, I mean, granted, there still would have been a a bit of snow. I mean, most of it's all gone except for some big snow banks and things like that. but the, you know, the marshes were still froze over. Now, you know, I was out on the lake last week and on Sunday ice fishing, we still had 12 inches of ice, but, you know, I'm not sure about those marshes and swamps and things like that. I think, you know, I have to imagine by now they're, they're thawed enough where you're breaking through if you're walking on that. And that was a great way to cover a lot of ground really easily. And you could get on those deer, those deer trails, you know, in those, in those environments, no problem. Now you're going to be sloshing yep. through and it's going to be like, great chances of me a lot deeper than even than it would be in the fall or summertime because of all of this, all the snow melting and we've had some rain too. So your buddy, you know, all joking aside, maybe he's trying to keep up his property, but there's definitely some validity to the fact that we have a lot of, a lot of water right now. Like rivers are swollen, um, in a major, major way, you know, it's so, yeah, man. I mean, I hunted Wisconsin last year for my first year and, this is something that isn't really talked about, but I heard the bow hunting fiend talk about, and it doesn't really apply to where we're at. But out east, he's got to watch the tide for one of his areas he kayaks into. And I'm like, what the oh, fuck? I, I, sorry to curse. I, I, I Dude, can't I curse imagine, all the time. I can't even imagine, you know, looking at that and timing your entrance and exit around the tide because if that tide goes down, you know, you ain't getting out basically. So. When I was up there the last fall, I was sure to hop on the internet and 
right down, jot down that river level every time I was in Wisconsin, you know, just so I can monitor areas I hunt and know if there's going to be water in there, if it's going to be any good or not. And, like, that's another thing, man. Like, that place I picked up my best side, I've only hunted it once before in my life. And then I went on a deer drive about a month ago or so to confirm what I knew about the area. And sure enough, the deer used it basically the same as it used to be. It This place just added corn in a new area. I, when I showed up to the area, I walked straight to what I knew the late season sign and bedding to be. And I picked up an antler in a very obvious area along a fence line on public land and then walked that whole bedding area, jumped across the road and found that new standing corn. And that the best side I picked up this year was 20 yards from it, not even chewed on. Probably only 100, 100 yards off the road. That's, that's, a, that's a nice way to go. I mean, <laughs> so it's like, and that was on a work night. I only, I got off at four o'clock. So like I busted yeah, ass out, out. The public land and see I don't really think it's luck, dude. I think that's that's the difference between I think there is some luck, but I think there's a difference. Cody DeQuisto talks that way. And I I don't really think a lot of it's luck. I think some people put in the work to get it done and some people, you know, risk what it takes to risk and the result I think that luck is uh you have more of it the it, it starts to be a compounding effect. Right, like you're not yeah, and, lucky per se, Mason, but like if I went out one time and I found something that could be lucky, but you're creating your own luck because you've been out for hours and hours and hours and and hiking like several right. several um dozens of acres of land ongoing in different states, like that's creating your own luck, that being said, yeah, to so find it right you, off the road when do you awesome. not call it luck then. A good point. I don't know. I mean, this luck plays a part in everything, I think, to some degree. But it's because, like, look, maybe someday I'll actually have Cameron Haynes on the show. I know I made some silly little shout out (laughs) or David Goggins or whatever. But you know what? Over time, give me another couple years of building this audience and and look at that. Someday someone say he's so lucky he has those people on his show. Not really. You know, I've been at this for four years already, five almost. It's a grind. Um, Proof's in the pudding. You know. Some people maybe they're lucky, I don't. But that you don't know what they've been through to get to that quote unquote luck, right? They they don't just they're not Man, just lucky. If we're talking, Greg Tubbs just said it takes hours and miles on public land. Greg, you are absolutely right, and I can't wait to get out with you this hopefully this weekend. Um, we'll see. Wife wants to go to the zoo, but maybe after that. <laughs> the luckiest dude I know has probably lived one of the hardest lives, like disabled yep. veteran and stuff like that, and but he man. It's it's pretty fun listening to his stories and see the results of some of the stuff. It's pretty nuts. I believe in karma quite a bit. So, same. It's not many people know this. I've talked about it on the East Coast Bowhunter podcast. I felt right at home on their show. Oddly enough, probably more at home on their I show than my own. Guys. I don't know what that's D-Rock, all about. D Rock, you're my big brother. I love you, dude. D Rock's my spirit animal and my brother from another mother because we got the same last name. But um, dude, like I grew up homeless for a good chunk of my childhood. And that didn't play out well for me. Kids are mean. Kids are mean people sometimes when they don't understand. And, um, you know, some might look at my life now and say, oh, you're so lucky. You got this, this, and the other thing. I don't know. You know, I went through some shit to get to where I'm at. That's for sure. I certainly don't take yeah, anything man, for I granted. I can't relate to that at all, but I definitely didn't fit in in high school and stuff. on grade school and shit like that and whatnot. I wore the clothes that didn't 
you know, fit cool c- compared to the kids. Same. Did. Yep. Like got yep. their stuff from Dick's Sporting Goods. No, I might have got some Dunham stuff. And, but man, I'll tell you what, I bet my family's way closer than any of those. It's no knock yeah. on well, anybody else, but. No, no, everyone got everyone has their shit. But here's the funny yeah. thing: uh, take my hat off on the live podcast right now. I'm bald, but I used to <laughs> rock a mullet, and not by choice. And that game that garnered me a lot of uh, hate as a kid. And man, if I could grow back right now, just to say, you know, what now? Uh, but I can't. I'm stuck with this bald head now. Man, they're hot. Phos- phosphorus burns bright, man, and I had a lot of testosterone apparently, <laughs> <laughs> or still do. Boy, I don't know. <laughs> but. Man, no calls so in. What's up, everybody? Up I see people are people are commenting a whole bunch. Uh, Jeremy Jackson, you want to call in, man? This is your chance to be on a podcast. You'll be on the, you know, when I button it up and get on the podcast land, you can certainly be a voice. Greg, I hear you. I see you commenting. You might want to jump in, buddy. I know you got stories for days. Anyway, let's you go back. To I got a Missouri was pretty crazy for me, man. I found that good side down in Missouri when I watched. I was walking back to the car, and I watched a cop pull by the parking lot and slam on his brakes. And I said, oh, here we go. I was walking walking this field edge and saw him start backing up, and I just ignored the rest of the field edge and started walking straight to my car. He pulled in, and he's like, were you just down at the other gate hole? I was like, yeah, sure was. <laughs> like, okay, someone called your car in abandoned. We get that a lot in this area. I was like, no kidding. I was like, no, definitely not abandoned. He's like, what are you doing? Because it's raining at this point. I was like, man, I'm out just hiking looking for antlers. And uh, he goes, oh, okay. He goes, well, do you mind if uh, I run your ID now that I while I got you here? And I go, yeah, sure. I, <laughs> I don't so. care. Yeah. And I look over in the field and I go, is that Hold antler on. right there? Oh, go on. I was anticipating your next your next thing you were saying, not actually holding on. Go ahead, bud. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, I go, is that an antler right there? And he goes, you know, it kind of looks like it. I go, well, you run my license. I'm going to walk over there and check that thing out. And I took about 10 steps. And sure enough, I mean, it's got a 12-inch G2. It's, it's a good shed. It's probably around 50, I would think. But it was 80 yards from the parking lot. What's funny is, when I pulled in, I swore I glassed that whole bean field. I was sitting from the car before I got out in the rain. And I just must have looked past it with my binos. And when I got out of the car, I went north. I like to walk the north fence line first because it has the most south slopes. Yeah. When coming out, I walked by it and then got I, I'll call that one lucky. A lot of if he would have stopped you, man, you may not have gotten that one. So when I was in I uh, when I was in it was 20 yards from me when I was walking up the field. You would have found it anyway. Yeah. As soon as he drove by, and it was in a cut bean field, as soon as it was raining, as soon as he drove by, I quit looking for antlers, and I walked right by it. It was probably right next to me. No oh, shit. But continue, so, sorry. No, dude, it's all good. Um, and there's a leg, so there's a lot of probably interrupting that I'm doing. But when I was in college, I had to do um, some project for videography. Like I was taking a videography course as a digital design graphic design student or whatever so i did do this project i'm like well shit if i'm gonna do something i might as well do it about something i care about which is hunting so i did and uh so my wife now when we were dating at the time i said well i'm gonna go out deer shining and uh you know i'm gonna get some deer on footage for this project i'm working on for my class to put this video together and it's on my where to hunt page actually um on my about page it's the same video i did for a project 
it's stupid, but whatever. I put it there. Anyway, it's, uh, we're sitting there shining for deer and this cop pulls me over. I'm like, or I was already pulled over, but he, this cop pulls up and, and I get real freaking squirrely do when I get pulled over. I don't like it at all. I get all nervous and, and goofy. And like, immediately I'm like, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm, I'm just shining. I'm just shining for deer. It's for, it's for school. It's for school. You know, my wife's like, dude, chill out. He hasn't even asked any fucking questions yet. And he's like, it's okay, dude. I was just making sure you're okay. I thought maybe your car was broken. I'm like, oh yeah, no, no. I'm just, it's for school. Like it's totally legal. Cause it was maybe after 10 o'clock PM. So I thought maybe, you know, the regulations, he, he may have been pervy to me and give a crap. In fact, he told me to go somewhere illegal um, where only the cops go on some private road through a subdivision. And he's like, you're going to see deer there for sure. They're always right. there. We go back there to sit. I'm like, what? So I did. I was like, so if I go back there, can you like call into the other troopers or cops and make sure like I don't get in trouble? And he's like, yeah, you're good to go, man. So I did it. It felt super sketchy, but he was right. There's a ton of deer back there. <laughs> so right. we sat back there and shined. It was awesome. That was Similar thing kind of happened to me in Wisconsin this year. Dan, our officer hopped out with like a trainee or something and approached me and my buddy as we were about to walk in. And the first thing my buddy did was pull out his license and his tags. I'm like, well, geez, dude, like you didn't even ask. <laughs> like, we ain't yeah, got nothing to hide. I got my tags and license too, but at least tell him your name. I don't know. He didn't even have to work for anything. But yeah, like, I don't, don't want to mess around anything. right now. If, if you're uh, going to Wisconsin to bow hunt at all, I did not know, but they require you to have your customer number on your trail cameras if you're putting them out on public land. If not, they I'm will. I'm here. I don't think I do that, but I don't. I don't put trail cameras out because Anthony Heller was actually on. Um, he's a he's a guy out of Wisconsin towards the Madison area. He was on the show um, last summer, I think, and he puts trail cameras on public land and he's got some good methodologies as to how to try to prevent theft and things like that. I just haven't done it, man. I, I have a real hard time justifying putting something that expensive into public property where I know there's bad actors, unfortunately. Um, but I didn't know you had to know that you had to label them like that. That's interesting. Well, yeah, I should so know, but I guess I don't, that's I don't kind do of what so. I'm going to do with my content moving forward is I, I know as a beginner you're excited to, and I was too I went was excited to go hunt that place and I you know I read through guidelines and whatnot but I didn't read the whole rules and regulation and like that can really hem you up especially when you're spending like I spent all my money on doing this so like an added fine would like kind of ruin my the rest of my hunting season in Wisconsin like that's fuel money towards all my trips back up there and stuff like that. So I'm going to provide some content that's just like some general rules and guidelines to follow if you're trying to go out shed hunting or scouting and then hunting in a new area or a new state. Um, but I think trail cameras are a big picture on if you pick up sheds or not too, though. I don't personally run any, um, but that's because all my cameras were in Illinois basically through the late season and I've put illinois behind me and brought all my cameras back to iowa and i'm getting ready to put them out for turkey season but a guy i know runs them all year round to watch his buck buck shedding so he doesn't push them off the property so on and so forth and if you're worried about theft and strategies like that i know you got a hometown guy that teaches you methods and whatnot but probably the best guy there is in my opinion, at that public land trail camera strategies is Josh Prophet from Kentucky, hands down. He's an Exodus black hat, and he runs about 35 to 40 trail cameras on public land year-round, basically. 
and uses Exodus because they're theft and no BS warranty. And granted, he used Python locks and everything like that, but this kid's got next level methods for sure. That's cool. Say his name again for those that are listening and for myself when I play it back. Josh Prophet. It's BG underscore Bowhunter on Instagram. Me and him are about to go chase turkeys in Kentucky coming up in a couple weekends. I'm pretty excited. Josh, you better bring that stick bow. We're not taking no guns if you're listening. Whether he listens now or later when it's posted. Yeah, I'm going to So you can do any – and you've been doing filming too, just just so the audience knows. You you do all your filming, you know, from from the smartphone, and it, you do a damn good job of it too. It, it looks great. So you're really doing a lot to to bust your ass and make a name for yourself in short order. I mean, since 2016, I'd already been podcasting for two years, and um, it's amazing what you can do when you run and gun just a smartphone these days. You know, it's it's really something, man. Yeah, I'm not here to make a name for myself, but just be a public land advocate and make kids like me understand that there's lands out here that you own yourself. You don't need land to go hunt on. You don't need to own land. There's land available to you. You already pay taxes on and own yourself. So I think somewhere down the line, we lost sight of that. I don't know. I wasn't into hunting then, but I feel like that's my niche. And yeah, the phone thing, you know, it's only going to get better. I haven't really put any money into it, but this year, this summer, I want to try and build, a good self-filming setup around just my phone. If you think about it, the value of a brand new iPhone is like $1,200 and the camera in it is crazy. So why am I spending sure. another five to $900 on a camera gear setup If I can just get something like a gimbal um, and a couple GoPros and put down some footage. Oh, now yeah, I man. can't zoom in on deer a hundred yards away and stuff like that, but you got to get closer. I don't know. It's super we got, relatable, uh, man. We got our first caller calling. Looks like it's Greg. It may be Greg, Greg Tubbs. I'm not positive, but I'm going to bring him into the show here. Sounds great. Greg, you're live on Where to Hunt. What's going on, buddy? Not much. It I'm is so Greg Tubbs. Recognize yeah. that sexy voice. Thanks. Just both fell asleep listening to your piano player. <laughs> You know, it's funny because it gives me the option to let you listen to the show or music, but I feel like if I put it to the show, people get confused and think they're actually in the show. So I put it to the piano well, music. It's nice to know what I'm talking about so I don't sound like a complete tool when I uh, start talking. No, no. When I, I want to set you up when with I bailed, failure. Oh, when I bailed from the show, <laughs> Connor was talking about uh, uh, Josh Prophet and being a black hat and, and Exodus trail cameras, so I figured I had to chime in. Yeah, well, what do you got, man? Well, I'm just going to say that uh, I've been running the Exodus camps for two years now, and they've been pretty darn flawless. So if you're looking for a a camera to buy, uh, the five-year no BS warranty is literally no BS. I had one small issue, and they took care of me. And I didn't even have to send the the product back. All I had to do was just... uh, get a hold of them via a text message or an email and they got back to me right away and, and hooked me up with uh, just a firmware update so it's real simple yeah man it's been your experience yeah thank you connor it's uh it's definitely a next level product i just bought my first personally 
And I haven't even put it out yet because I've learned so much about trail cameras that, like, you shouldn't just rush to throw it out and throw it, especially something like yeah. this. Uh, it's a little higher price point of a camera, but I was just listening to one earlier. One of their other black hats was talking about how he ran, say, for instance, I don't think it was, but a wild game and then an exodus on the same tree. And it was like 25 to 200 pictures were the difference in the card poles. That's pretty impressive, isn't it? It's, it's nuts, man. So, and just like, I, I carry a, I carry a step in my, a step or two in my backpack constantly and two or three trail cameras. That's what I do carry when I'm out postseason scouting and um, shed hunting. But other than that, it's just water and whatnot. Greg, have you picked up many bones this year? Zero bones, my friend. Going um, out this weekend? This, no, I'm uh, I'm getting on a plane come Friday. I'm out of here. Yeah, tired <laughs> of the snow. Well, <laughs> never fails. I'm leaving leaving the good weather to go to a little bit nicer weather. But where we're going, we might get a little snow. It's in the forecast, so you oh, got to be kidding me, Greg. No. Uh, well, depends on don't bring it back when you come back. <laughs> hey, I'm we going to see, uh, see the Brewers play at least, so right before opening weekend. Well, that's good. I thought maybe you were going to tell me you are going to see a man about a horse, but see the Brewers play, that's good. Hey, for oh. everyone listening that's not from Wisconsin, Sunday is a great day in the fall to hunt public land. Every Wisconsinite is in the bar watching them damn Packers somewhere. That's all I got to say. You know what? That's what your phone is for if you really think you have to watch the Packers. But I can yeah. have to watch watch the highlights afterwards after they lose. <laughs> you know, that's a good point, Greg. Modern technology and cell coverage, ESPN, whatever, there's a way to watch that game. That's a great point. Or if You're not you going to see if you get a wife like mine that will send you updates every time something happens while you're in the tree. That's a team player a right there. She is a team player. <laughs> so awesome. it's my job to go shoot some venison and, and she uh she facilitates by uh giving the play by play. That was a part of You guys march a... Go ahead. Go on, go on. Go ahead. You, you go ahead, you're the guest. Me. That was a big part of me starting up for some something sparked something in me that was like why does meat look that color on the shelf at the grocery store like how come it keeps that long thawed stuff like that and it's like you know what i don't even want to have to ask that question anymore i just want to go get my own and my wife my wife did not grow up hunting her family were they weren't hunters um and then of course she meets me and she met me in the beginning of turkey season, and I'm, like, running around chasing birds, and she couldn't get away. I got up so early and, and ran out to go chase these stupid birds, you know, in spring. I was some slow time for work, so I had nothing better to do with walleye fish or, or go, uh, go chase turkeys. So, well, yeah, it don't make a lot of sense to people that don't understand it. No, no. She's like, I, I don't get it. They're just a dumb bird, you know. They run right in the right in the road, and they try to fight with car tires. Yeah, but it's different when you, you know, you get on their level, 
you can roost one the night before or early in the morning if you figure out where they're at and you get them to come right in and you blow the shot on top of it. Yeah. It, it makes it pretty fun, just the, the up close and, and personal. Like I've had hens come 10 feet from my feet as I'm, you know, yeah. sitting down back to a tree. And yep, they're clucking and purring. They lay down next to my decoy, and they're they're just there. You don't dare move. You move, they're gonna get up and bug out. Dude, turkey hunting's oh. a whole nother podcast, man. If I could talk about all the sure experiences is. I had next last year, <laughs> I mean, holy cow, dude! It, I love chasing turkeys, and I think it's made me a very good whitetail hunter because of it. Sure. I mean, just being air, in that. areas longer. I think really benefits you. Yep. No, as far as uh, shed hunting goes, um, it's, it's been a little bit. I, I've just been busy with work and stuff at home and trying to get ready for our trip here. Go see my brother and uh, shed hunting's kind of taking a back seat. We've still got one or two cameras out yet, close to the public, not right on the public, so nobody messes with them. Yeah. Um, I have one buck I know as of two weeks ago still had both sides and then the two other bucks that were buddies with him, they had lost their antlers. So pretty good chance. I've I've walked in this one area though at the end of April and, and had bucks carrying both sides. You know, they were young ones, little sixers. But uh I think it varies, you know, it always varies on how hard of a year they've had. Yeah, I ran that one I jumped through a couple thickets and, like, no sign of him. Like, not him shaking his head coming out of them or nothing. So it's, like, no sign of him dropping those probably in a week. Like, you know, typically you'll see him, like, paw at them or, like, shake their heads and to try and drop them off. But, yeah, he just kind of bounced away and seem to be holding them pretty well yet. Yep. Yeah, you'll see that. But, uh, I saw like other... seven deer across the road the other day and none of them had antlers. It's like, well, that one looks kind of big, but could be a big doe. I don't know. With snow... Yeah, had... Go ahead, Connor. With snow on the ground like there is, like you're going to want to walk with that sun at your back. Because if you're walking into that sun, everything's going to look white in like Seeing shapes going to be hard and stuff like that. Obviously, you're going to want to go out on cloudy days the most. But, uh, yeah, that's like good that's a really back. good tip. I haven't gone back yet. Rainy, cloudy days. I mean, rain will mat that grass down and make those tines pop up out of the longer grasses that maybe where they're hidden. And then clouds just block that sun out so that white shines. Still there, Connor? I'm still yeah, here. Yeah, he dropped yep. off for just a second. I'm still here. All right. Someone dropped. Yeah, someone dropped the phone. Was it you, Greg? Yeah. Someone's trying to beep through. And like, uh, so like, I didn't even really walk that standing corner. I found that shed next to that day because it would have taken so much time. And I refer to Dana Pace quite a lot. He he's taught me a lot about it and. He gave me a pretty good tip, which I don't think he'll mind me sharing, but 
with standing crop like that, if you can come to later, you can come back to it after maybe it's rained and then that antler's been bleached out from the sun shining in there and the corn even itself, that's going to be your best chance to pick up an antler in that corn because it's some of the toughest stuff to walk. I'm fortunate enough that I have one spot where the combine kept getting stuck. I don't have permission to hunt this piece, but I have permission to use it as surveillance for the public land that I hunt. That works perfectly. Yeah. Well, if you've seen any of my videos I post on Instagram, most of them are from that cornfield. So there's all the all the survivor books that made it through the gun season. And nothing real huge, but still pretty cool to see them. Neat encounters. It's fun running trail cameras. And potentially, you know, the landowner does walk it quite a bit, so he could find the sheds, which I'm... I'm glad because it's his land and he's got probably the best chance at some of those deer if they if they're on that land. So, so what do you guys do with the shed? Like I know I know if I saw if I found like smaller sheds, maybe going to my dog for sure for chew toys, you know. Um, but do you guys get anything that you do with the sheds? Like they make great decor, right? Yeah, Greg, are you are you doing anything special? Am I doing anything special with my sheds? Yeah. Seems funny to ask, but I can't just put mine in a pile in the corner of the room or they'll be all over the house. No, I have one match set that I've ever found, and it was one Never I had my dog. One. No, and I up until then I'd found little spikers, little four horns. Um, I found a four-point side in some really tall grass. I think that horn had to be two or three years old, and somehow the mice never got it. I had my dad with me, and I stepped on it, and it came up and caught me in the ankle. I was wearing tennis shoes. Yeah, oh, dude. But the only one I've picked up on the Illinois farm I hunted last year and the year before, I kicked up walking in to hunt this pat, uh, in 2017, and I actually, I tell this story on WCB, but I think I stopped and looked at it the one day and kicked it, but it was still frozen to the ground or buried that hard. It didn't move at all, and I was like, that's weird, because it had a distinct circular top with, like, a cord to it. And then when I saw it again that next time, I was like, wait a minute, and I pulled on it, and sure enough, it was an antler. That's cool. I'm jealous, guys, or envious, I guess. But no, so what do you do with them, Greg? you, You got a dog, right, or a couple of them? Oh, I did. I had a lab that I duck hunted with. I, he, he went everywhere. He He's my fishing dog, my hunting dog. You know, I put him in the work truck. He'd do service calls with me and everything. So he's a good dog. But I was walking a piece. I actually had a small piece that bought it up to public. I did quite a bit of work on the lady's boiler for her, and she let me hunt one year. And I started with turkey hunting, so she let me walk around, and I ended up finding two sheds. Well, the dog found the first one um, in a pretty thick pine area of a, it was like a pine finger that went down into the, the swamp, and it was on the dry, one of the drier sides of it. So he found that one and came out wagging his tail, came out of the pine trees wagging his tail with this big old hunk of bone in his mouth. That's awesome. So it was kind of cool, and I never even trained him for that. He, yeah, he just went and scooped it up and brought it to me. And then I followed him back into where he came from, 
and went another 10 yards down the trail and the other one was laying there all bleached out because this was April by then and uh, had the match set. That was it. Did you do the, the Yankee tip of the week, the put some wood stain on it to bring it back to life? Nope, I left them original. <laughs> you did? Yeah. Uh, all right. I like the wood stain tip. I, I think it, yep. it makes it, yep. it, makes it yep. vibrant. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a grayish-white. I'll shoot a picture and send it to you sometime. Yeah, put it in the comment section if you can. Sure. Those, uh, on this one. But, but my lab, I think when, when I had him, when we found that, I think he was probably four years old. So they would sit on the shelf, and then if he'd get bored, he'd jump up there and grab one and hang out with it. So he never chewed on it, but he'd just kind of hang out with it. And then the dog he's so proud. He's like, I'm not going to chew this. This is my first one. I'm not going to yeah. chew this one. <laughs> this one's nope. my trophy. The other dog, oh, actually, she, any small ones I've got, she, she, if she gets a hold of them, she'll chew them up. So. I actually got two boxers, and my oldest boxer is nuts over them. I don't think you could ever find one, but as soon as I walk through the door, he's pulling them out of my hand. Well, well, Connor, I got a boxer too, and he can't find one at all. But he he likes to chew on them. Yeah, I actually, they're great that's dogs. One of the first things that like connected us was boxer talk. Honestly, I think it was one of my phones. Oh yeah, you're right. You're totally right. Yeah, yeah, thinking way back now. But I plan on so I plan on when I hang my buck from Illinois and a couple other Euro mounts. I plan on running a single strand of barbed wire underneath because you always have that dead space, kind of like a fence line would be, and I'm just going to hook them by the brow tines on that so, like, if people show up, you can pull them right off. And, you know, I usually date mine with the date I picked it up in the state, and then that helps me recall the incident. And Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. With you're right, you're going to write, uh, write 5 on that one? Where the cop helped you find it? I, dude, I should. Popo. <laughs> um, but, yeah, my dogs will get my little ones at the end of the year. I actually got a veteran that likes to put them on the top of walking sticks kind of for a handle. So he buys a couple off of me to support the cause and whatnot. And then, yeah, other than that, I'll take a photo at the end of the year. That's why the dogs don't have them. So. They're great though, man. Great. One costs thirty dollars at Cabela's. So, dude, some of these little ones at pet stores are like sixty bucks. I'm like, I need to go shed hunting. This is ridiculous. Yeah. I'm not paying sixty bucks for an antler. Uh, not even I antler. It's like the up, smallest portion of an antler. For thirty. How's that sound? Thank you. Yeah, that's a favor. When you're in Wisconsin, you let me know this weekend. Let me know where you're at. You know, you open up the word of hunt app. I'll come find you, and maybe we can do some shed hunting on Sunday. Depending on where you yeah. are, you're not far from me. Yeah, Dude, if you got free time, come south and I'll let you know where I am. But if you're not going to start coming I'm south. Way, I'm already I'm south. south. I'm southeast-ish. So, How far I'm not far from Madison. I'm, I'm like 45 minutes from Madison. I'm about an hour, hour and a half from Illinois. Are you Are you west of Madison? I'm east of Madison by a little bit. Oh, dang. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not by the city, obviously. I don't, I don't. That's something I stay away from that pressure of the city. So I am in the southeastern part or southwestern part. Sorry. Shoot, shoot me a message when you're in town. We'll see where you're at and uh, see what we can do. Dude, make a I know Greg can't join because he's gonna be he's gonna be out. You know where it's snowing. I'm gonna walk <laughs> Craig's leaf. 
Because he's going to be gone, yeah. Just leave the no, game unlocked, Greg. There's no lease, man. There's no lease. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't pay to do I know. I'm just giving you crap, bud. <laughs> no leasing. I've done that. It, it didn't go well. <laughs> yeah. I've heard, I've heard See, horror stories about that, man. Lots of I, them. It, it yeah, can I be if you had experiences here, too. If you if you're not topic. there to babysit, the neighbors just kind of take advantage of it. They don't care. They'll they'll walk right on it. Yeah. So I dealt with that for two years, and you know what? I think I can do better. So I I urban hunted after that. Did that for a handful of years. Shot quite a few does and passed on a lot of small bucks. Got good at shooting deer. Got good at missing deer too. And. Uh, <laughs> That piece sold, and now I public land hunt, and I'm okay with that. That a boy, that a boy. Well, thanks for calling yeah, in, I Greg. Got... I think I'll be seeing you yep. soon. I'll cut you. Take her easy, fellas. All right, adios. Cool. Yeah. When are you gonna find your first antler, dude? Maybe this weekend. We'll see. I might have the, the wife and the baby and the dog make it a family day event. You know, maybe we'll do the zoo and shed hunt, you know. Yeah. I might break into, in like, an animal exhibit, but, you know. I was going to say, shed hunting at a zoo <laughs> might highly, highly up your chances, dude, so. Yeah, it might. It might. No, I'm, I might get out this weekend. I really think that'd be a great a great use of my time. That being said, I have a, a low expectation of me actually finding something but i'm an optimist so we'll see yeah I would and to your point earlier yeah, about about positive dude yeah i was gonna say to your point earlier about positivity you know one of the quotes that i love more than any other quote is optimism is a perpetual force multiplier um i care less about who said it because it was colin powell i don't just subscribe to anything he believes or doesn't believe but i just love that quote and it's um it's how i live my life so it's yeah, I, I couldn't put me more. Sit next man. to me says Carpe Diem, seize the day. Love it, I love it, man. Well, dude, thanks so much for taking time, you know, out of your busy day, you know, out shed hunting and doing shit to be on the Hunt podcast. You know, you're, you're selling some shirts, you're doing a lot of fun stuff. Where can people find you? Where can people buy that stuff? How, how can they how can they support you for those that have tuned into this episode? Yes. Thanks for all the support starting out, but I don't like actually carry an inventory of shirts. Some I threw up what was my logo that was designed by Jordan Johnson and Combination Creative, and he he then put it on a shirt just to portray what it would look like. And I had so much feedback and people, you know, wanting to send me money, so I I did a limited run. Uh, clothing's not something I'm trying to do with my brand. I feel like there's a lot of that already existing and it's kind of watering down and taken away from the main focus. Um, but, you know, you might see some here and there from me. Um, I'm Whitetail Drifter on Instagram. I have a Whitetail Drifter Facebook page and I have a Whitetail Drifter YouTube channel. But if you're looking for me, I myself am just Connor Wakefield on Facebook. And yeah, just out here getting it. Cool, man. Thanks so much. No, thank you, Eric, for everything you've done for me, man. I really appreciate it. Anytime, man. Anytime. I love I love these sessions, these sessions with everybody, so I appreciate it. No, we'll have to do it again sometime. Hopefully I catch up to one of these bucks that I have an antler from. That's something I will say. It's, it's pretty strange. Like, 
you know, there's some people, some hunters that do grow a history, you know, through antlers and identify deer and locate and track them down and whatnot. But I've never directly purposely, you know, done that quite yet. But now it's, you know, it turns you on to areas and stuff. It makes you aware of what's there. So maybe I'll catch up to one. Oh, of yeah. Them. Oh, yeah. Well, everyone that's uh, following you, or if you're not following Connor, go do so, please. Um, you're putting out great content. So thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, thanks, brother. Tip of the week. Tip of the week. Y'all know that I, I have pretty generic tips. And uh, that being said, you know, one that I think I'll just repeat and echo to kick things off. There's going to be a couple here. But the first one is optimism. And Connor talked about it. I've talked about it in the past. But perpetual optimism is a force multiplier. If you approach something with optimism, um, you're going to have a different effect, a different result. I think it's going to get you a little bit further along. So just trying to be negative about things, uh, enjoy getting out of the house and, and kind of uh, breaking free a cabin fever for the season and just having the opportunity to be outside on public land. It is a privilege. Enjoy that. Uh, additionally, I think that, um, you know, what Connor said about the 10-yard rule, or the, is it 10 yards or 10 feet? In any event, pay attention to what's in front of you and slow down a bit. And then the one that stood out to me most on this episode was, um, if you can walk with your back to this, otherwise you'll be blinded by the light, not to quote a, a song or anything like that. Although it is great. Um, that's definitely a great tip. One that I wouldn't have considered. And I like the ones that in hindsight, um, seem very obvious, but in, in kind of practice are overlooked. So if you happen to listen to this before you're going out this weekend or you're doing some shed hunting this week, those are the three things that stood out to me most on today's episode. And I hope that you found some value from it and that you've gotten some entertainment out of this show. Um, some cool stories kind of tossed around here and some decent tips. I think that could really help us. And, um, you know, luck plays a small part in these things, but maybe not as much as we all think. I think it's the compounded effect of effort over time that really leads to what some might call luck. And, uh, you know, any, in any event, speaking of luck, good luck this weekend. If you're going to be out shed hunting, I appreciate everybody listening. And if you didn't already give us a rating and uh, some feedback on iTunes or wherever the heck you can actually do that, um, do so. It means a ton. I appreciate it a whole bunch and, uh, have a great day. Hunt public. <laughs>